So what, we watch anime So what, we play League We're just having fun We don't care who sees So what, we stay in It don't bother me Living young, pale and nerdy Hello and welcome to the Re Entertainment Podcast Episode 46 for March 20th, 2016 With me this week, I have Andrew Roa McFain yeah, that's, yep. Yes, that's, yep. And we have <laughs> yeah. birth, birthday boy Connor Nemesis Besh. I'm still eating dinner. I'm going to be quiet for the first couple of minutes. Okay, so it, it's your birthday. How old are you today? 23. 23. And we legally can sing you happy birthday. Would you, could you? We're not going to, but we legally could because the <laughs> feder federally it, we're able to say that now because I guess it's so ingrained in the consciousness of the United States that uh, it's basically moved into public the public domain. domain. Yeah, That's we're not cool. going to. Um, and in case he actually listens this week, which is doubtful, he's not here. <laughs> but tomorrow it's Parallax Abstraction's birthday. I was doing it before it was cool. Uh, actually, he's like 39. I, I, I didn't stutter. <laughs> he's way older than you. Even I'm older than you. Yeah, so am I. But, you know, I'm, I'm pretty old in general. Yeah, you're so. old. Yeah, it sucks. Are you recording this, road just in case my recording method doesn't work? Yep. Good, good. So <laughs> I recorded all of our conversations beforehand, too. Oh, good. Awesome. And what games? Uh, what games have you guys been playing this week? Let's start out with Aroa because uh, Connor's eating. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been playing a lot of uh, Twilight Princess HD. And How's that? It's um, it's pretty good. Um, I am enjoying. Uh, I'm my girlfriend's watching me play through it. It's her favorite Zelda game, and. Uh, there ends up being a lot of points in the game where she's like, oh, you're going to hate this part. It's really frustrating and stupid. And then I just breeze through it. And uh, it's... Uh, and then you it get hit. <laughs> yeah. It's... Uh, <laughs> I can imagine that they fixed a lot of things because I've read a couple of articles that said that uh, that they, they got rid of some of the more frustrating moments in the game. And... Uh, not having to deal with the Wii motion controls also helps. I can but imagine. Over, overall, um, very good game so far. I'm like not even halfway through it yet, and I've been playing for somewhere around 12 hours. So uh, pretty happy with it. It's a hell of a lot better than uh, Skyward Sword. So yeah, I've, heard, I've heard good and bad things about Skyward Sword. So You've it's heard good bad. things. Yeah, you've heard good things from idiots or fanboys, um, more than likely. And well, so the people I heard it from are people who I think they like to be contrary to what everyone else says, because uh, they like Final Fantasy thirteen or no Final Fantasy thirteen two and Final Fantasy ten two. Yeah, these guys don't have good taste, anyways. No, yeah. <clears throat> no, you know them, uh, Connor, kinda. Mm, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. what what games have you been playing, Connor? So, actually, for my birthday, I went out and picked up a GameCube, and I already almost have all the stars in Super Mario Sunshine. 
Oh, that's neat. I like that game just put me off right at the bat when you're when they're like, "Oh, you're gonna be using a water pack," and I'm like, "That's that's not Mario." <laughs> but uh, you know, I've heard I've actually heard really good things about that game. What are your initial impressions? <clears throat> when I was a kid, or now? Uh, now. <laughs> I was ready to, you know, give it a try at a matured level, you know, now that we've learned a little bit more about 3D rendering and platforming in the 3D world. So with that in mind, I went kind of through it again, skeptically. And it's been fun. There are definitely some missions where I'm just like, if the camera wasn't screwy, I would have gotten that. Or, you know, these enemy placements don't make sense. It, it, the game definitely does have a rough curve to it. That's not a learning curve. It's just kind of an inset difficulty. I feel like as a kid, if I was playing it, I probably would have been a little bit too frustrated to finish. But now that I'm a little bit more refined in my platforming skills, it's been pretty well. Well, that's good. Any other games have you been playing? Uh, I've been kind of messing around on stuff on Steam, just every once in a while playing Shadows of Mordor again. Or uh, I've been in a rock uh, Rocksmith binge for a while, but we've talked about that before. Right. Uh, my well then the games that I've been playing are uh, basically just wrestling and going to the gym and going to the gym that game sucks. Yeah, I've played that uh, game. Yeah, it's I mean it's good because I'm getting in shape, but on the other hand, it sucks because my legs hurt. Yeah, <laughs> and and like you know waking up the other day I was like I standing up is difficult. That that kind of sucks. And I don't like uh, I don't like sweating. Sweating sucks. Yeah, we were uh, yeah on uh, we did we don't really do cardio at the gym. We do cardio on our own, but like we did our full workout, which usually takes about an hour. We did our full workout in about thirty five minutes. So mm. I was sweating pretty hard after that, just because we just kind of rushed through it. Oh, so see any kind of physical exertion whatsoever. It just makes me immediately start melting. So. Yeah, people are like, hey, Aroa, did you have a good wor- or long workout? And you're like, dude, I peeled an orange. Like, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's why I had to shower earlier after I put together a Walmart shelf. So, really? I mean, it's, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, you weren't kidding. Uh, no. <laughs> we, we, should, we have a lot of stories to talk about this week. Uh, so we might just want to rush through these. <clears throat> Actually, not rush through them, but rush through the games we've been playing. And then go talk about the stories. And first off, we're going to talk about wrestling. Because I'm actually going to turn this into a wrestling podcast. So you guys both have to get the WWE Network. Uh-oh. And <laughs> anyway. <I> oh. <clears throat> Damn it. So, but, but actually it does have something to do with video games. Uh. It's been reported that Hulk Hogan has won his lawsuit against Gawker. If anyone doesn't know, Hulk Hogan, obviously, if you don't know who Hulk Hogan is, you're dumb. He's the biggest yes. wrestler. He's the biggest wrestler pretty much ever. Gee, I just don't know who he is. Can you tell me about it, brother? No. <laughs> what you get? No. Anyway, so Hulk Hogan <laughs> had a sex tape released on Gawker Entertainment, whatever, media. And Gawker was sued by Hulk Hogan because, you know, this is releasing sex tapes of people is kind of illegal. Well, without their permission. Right, without their permission. 
So Gawker was sued. Hulk Hogan has been awarded $115 million. The breakdown goes as follows, and I have a link down below. $55 million for economic injuries and $60 million for emotional distress. Uh, and he could get more with punitive damages. Now, so, what was that? I mean, uh, my only complaint with the with the whole case is the amount of money that's being given, um, particularly for emotional distress. Right. Uh, economic injuries, that definitely makes sense um, because hey, you get a sex tape released and that really hits your public image. And he well, already and didn't have a very good one in the first place, but no, like that, that's, you can't, you can't do that. You can destroy somebody's life doing shit like that. Well, and, and, and the whole thing. So part of that was, uh, <clears throat> when he was caught on tape speaking negatively towards black people. Oh um, yeah. Yeah. He ended up getting fired from the WWE. And yeah. they, and, and it not just fired from the WWE. Like, if you go onto the WWE network and search for Hulk Hogan, it doesn't bring up anything. Yeah, he's, he's dead to, to yeah. them. So, yeah, when you ask them about Hulk Hogan, they say, who's Hulk Hogan? That's, that's what happened because they're basically just erasing him from history books. Yeah. And so the 55 million makes sense. But here's the deal. Uh, in another article I was reading, it was said that they will, Gawker will have to pay him the $115 million before they appeal. Mm. So if that happens, they're boned because if you read the very end of this article, it says Gawker has made no announcement regarding its future. The site has admitted publicly in the past that it would likely have to shut down if forced to pay $100 million. You know what? I don't care. I like, I know. <laughs> like that's I'm glad in a way. Yeah. Oh, Gawker's awful because Gawker runs a number of sites. Actually, I do visit a couple of the sites, I will say, pretty regularly. Um, they, they, they have run... really good writers. Right, they do. Some, some of them. Um, so Gizmodo, I go to Gizmodo all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't, they have Kitchenette. I used to go there when they had the behind-closed-oven things, because I like hearing bad customer stories. I um, have no idea what that is. Uh, they So behind-closed-ovens is... Basically, people will write in their true stories of what has happened in the restaurant business. Uh, ridiculous things and stuff like that. And then they'll post those insane stories on there. It's actually pretty, uh, pretty neat. And it's, it's moved to a different site called Wonkette. Uh, which Wonkette sucks. It's, it's a terrible site because it's very, it's a very political site and it leans very far towards the left. So it's nowhere in the middle. But whatever, it's I don't, moved there. Which one's left? Is that that's is that liberal? <laughs> liberals, yeah. Okay. Which I mean, yeah. you know, I, I lean towards liberals, but I don't want to hear about how, it, it, you know, if you go too far either direction, you're basically becoming with a, an asshole. with a name with a name like that. It, it kind of sounds like a uh, politically charged, you know, right. feminism leaning kind right. of thing. Exactly. But here's the deal. 
Kotaku is owned by Gawker. Yep. So that essentially means that Kotaku will most likely, if this, if it does, if Gawker is forced to shut down, Kotaku will probably live on, I would imagine. But in some somebody's, other form, yeah. somebody's going to buy it. Either somebody's going to buy Kotaku or the people who run Kotaku, like the writers, are going to make their own site. Kind of like what was happened with uh, uh, Massively. Got... Well, Massively. Or that. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so, what are your thoughts on Kotaku po- possibly shutting down? Good. Like, really, it sucks because I like the individual writers um, I've even read some stuff on, uh, what is it, the, their sports one, uh, Deadspin, and I've, oh, yeah, yeah. Read, I've read stuff on Jalopnik, and it's genuinely, like, entertaining stuff. They, they right. have great people on staff, and it sucks that they're going to lose their jobs, but they will almost definitely get picked up somewhere else. The, the business that Gawker is in is everywhere at this point. And there are a number of other competing sites with much less negative uh, press all about them that will pick up a lot of these better staff members. It sucks for the lower people, but the Internet's going to be a lot better off without Gawker Media uh, screwing everything up and, you know, releasing private sex tapes. And, uh, God, what was that? Oh, and also... uh, Jezebel will die, so I'm, yes. I'm good with that. I don't know what Jezebel <laughs> is. Um, it's it's their let's pander to women in every possible way site. Oh, um, where oh. they they they're like the worst kind of women's magazine that just it, it's it's pa- I mean I don't know how else to put it. It's just pandering. It's just going. Here's this thing that a man did that's bad. Fuck him. Here's how to put on makeup good, ladies. Here's how to lose weight, ladies who are very self-conscious. We are preying on your insecurities. View our ads. Isn't the freedom to press amazing? Yes. (laughs) But So what about you, Connor? What are your thoughts of Kotaku potentially dying? So, because I don't run a... uh you know, gaming news website or anything like that. It doesn't affect me personally that much. However, uh, one of my roommates is a journalist for a living, and one of the outlets that used to hire him, although he didn't specifically say he worked for Gawker before, um, he made it sound like, you know, when competition like that gets snuffed, that's a pretty devastating shockwave through the community that he's within professionally. That makes sense because because now you have... Like say say Reaton Entertainment had money to hire writers to do reviews and stuff like that. Uh, if one site like Kotaku dies, that means all those writers are now competing, would be competing to write that review for another for other <laughs> websites. So that's more people basically applying for the same job. Right. And it was kind of interesting. I never really thought about it that way, and. It's nice seeing how things are on the other side, you know? Yeah. Silly writers but, writing stuff, reviews. Gosh, who I, does that? Listening I to know. people talk. Oh, God. Podcasts. Uh, but yeah, so I, I thought this was interesting because 
I, I obviously I, I don't necessarily want Cocker to go out of business, just because I don't like anybody losing their jobs. But on the other hand, I kind of like the idea of Kotaku going out of business because Kotaku, as we've spoken about them in the past, you know, we've reported on stuff that they have said and then it ended up being un, you know, not true. And yeah. we've also we've also looked at different things that they've done in the past that have made it because they're shitty ethics have made it so places like Ubisoft won't do business with them anymore. Mm-hmm. And Ubisoft does business with us, and that's that's how low they will go, is that they will go do business with us and Kotaku pissed them off. Right. Like, so they must so they did some pretty bad things. Uh, ethically, according to, you know, the media. Cause even though you can give a, a, a game bad reviews, if it's a place like Ubisoft or Square Enix or something like that, that doesn't really bother them too much if you give them a bad review. They get really mad if you start releasing their information early or start publishing sex tapes on Hulk Hogan, which nobody wants to see that. <laughs> Speak for yourself. <clears throat> and, uh. Bro, I'm gonna come, brother. Oh god. Uh anyway, so let's move on to more uh lawsuits. Because more I'm going tapes? to No sex tapes. <laughs> Thank I would much rather see Hulk Hogan naked than Jim Sterling. I don't know, man. <laughs> uh so Thanking God for that body right now. <laughs> so Everyone knows who Jim Sterling is. Well, no, no, they don't. So people that are listening to my podcast probably don't know who Jim Sterling is, but he does videos. He's very popular. Uh, he does videos on YouTube and he, you know, does his Jimquisition where he basically just talks about video games. And then he also does reviews of video games and stuff, stuff like that. Basically, same thing that Reaton Entertainment does, only with a far bigger audience and a far bigger vocabulary. Yeah, he basically just opens up a thesaurus and uh, says a bunch of big words about a video game. Yeah. Um, and then uh, records a video of him wearing uh, his weekend uh, pre-bondage outfit. <laughs> and, uh, you know, makes a, lot of, makes a lot of money while talking with a British accent. Right. I, uh, I take it some of you guys aren't big Jim Sailing fans, then. I, I actually okay. think that he's one of the he's one of the most fantastic uh, so-called games journalists in the industry. Uh, yeah. I just I think his whole aesthetic about himself is really is really silly and and quirky. I I like it to a point, but I think I see too much of myself in him, and that's uh, that's what makes me dislike it. You hate uh, yourself, so you hate, I hate yeah, Ergo Proxy. Yeah. yeah. So digital homicide has quite a few games. I'm not sure exactly what games, but apparently <laughs> James Ro- Romine, one half of Digital Homicide, along with his brother Robert, filed a civil lawsuit against Jim Sterling, seeking $10 million, $2 million in direct product damage, and $4.3 million in emotional, reputational, and financial distress, and $5 million in punitive damages. Um, so that's a lot of money. They're asking, they're wanting $11.561 million. Uh, and we don't know where the, 
eight hundred missing eight hundred thousand dollars went from. And this is according <laughs> to the this is according to the Destructo Destructoid article I'm reading right now. Is uh is uh, the Sterling estate even worth that much? Probably not. So the complaint states that the defendant, Jim Sterling, falsely accused the plaintiff and caused damage to reputation, damage to product, loss of product, and causing severe emotional distress to the plaintiff. The plaintiff has right to receive restitution for these damages because he, Jim Sterling, made fun of their video game. You can't have people and, making fun of people, not in this society. Right. Actually, many, many games he's made fun of theirs, but... Uh, it started where Jim Sterling played a game called The Slaughtering Grounds, released under Digital Homicide's previous non-diplume <laughs> immediate uprising. Uh, and they're pretty, you know, just Steam games. Uh, they're that trash. Is, yeah, they're I think trash. it's kind of shitty that a company can have a non-diplume. Yeah. So... Their whole thing basically is that him him doing these bad reviews on their games, which I think he's done reviews on pretty much all of the games they have released. He, he so does anyway. kind of have a personal vendetta against them in a way, but, but rightfully so. Yeah, but that doesn't matter. He's still doing reviews of their games within fair use. Exactly. I mean, if if they were good games, I can imagine that Jim Sterling would see that they were good games and actually give them good reviews and be like, hey. All their other games are shit, but this one's good. Yeah. But, now, here's the kicker. Digital Homicide is not having a lawyer take over the case. They are handling all the legal stuff themselves. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Which, if it goes anywhere near as well as their games development practices, th this is going to be the best legal case in recent history. It will be. And my question for you guys is, what what do you think about this? What uh, are you guys... It, this kind of has to do, again, with kind of like the copyright claims and stuff on YouTube. Uh, it, it gets to a point where it's... You, you look at a game and you're like, if I review this game, is there a possibility that I can get sued for defamation of character or something like that? Just because they, th and while yes, it has no merit, there still has to be the time of taking time off of work and going to court and such stuff like that. So, does it get to a point where Jim Sterling might be? Well, I I don't see him getting scared of putting a video up, at least with the the character and the bravado that he displays, and but, the uh, the backing of his network. YouTube. Right. Right. But, like, Doug Walker from Channel Awesome said, you know, he's put videos on YouTube, and every time he puts a video on YouTube, he's scared that he's going to get a copyright claim. Yeah. And I I don't really worry about that, because I don't really do anything that would make it have a copyright claim. That I you're did. a small fry. Well, yeah, that's true. Uh, actually, with my muscle review, I did have a copyright claim, um... Not, not, I, I did have the chance for a copyright claim, even though there wasn't, I haven't got one on it yet. So, yeah, it, it, now you, it, like, copy, actual copyright claim is different from a, uh, from like a content ID claim. Oh, because okay. everybody gets content ID claims. Oh, yeah. Um, but like a, an actual company that goes in and manually says, hey, 
this is our money. Uh, right. That's that's something that I don't really think that any of us would have to worry about for quite some time, if at all. Just because nobody's nobody's <laughs> going to manually sift through your videos and say, "Hey, I own this shit." Anyway. So, uh, at the very end of this, when asked for a comment, Robert Romain instead forwarded Destructoid his entire conversation with num- another gaming outlet. When pressed for comment on the questions we actually sent, Romain said that they were not disclosing the names or of the attorneys involved in the case. He also framed the case, framed the case as a fight against online harassment. We hope this case and documentation will show others they don't have to take it, uh, what to do when it happens, and that those who do it will be punished. Romain also told us that reprinting def- uh, defamatory materials in your own words would result in liability on your part. So they they were told basically uh, that if Destructoid posted you know Jim Sterling quotes and stuff like that that they could sue Destructoid. Yeah, this is uh, this is a very simple case in my opinion that of a uh, a couple of people that don't understand American laws and are simply trying to take advantage of the system uh, particularly them saying uh, that this is some kind of case against online harassment uh, no it's not no it, it's obviously not but it's them trying to drum up any level of support whatsoever they probably have realized by now that they're fucked, um, especially with all the media coverage that this has been getting. But um, the the big thing about this whole situation is, yes, you could say that this is a, this is a situation where Jim Sterling has continuously uh, bombarded these two people with uh, you know, hateful comments and whatnot. What, right. what just happened? Uh, somebody removed something? Okay. Um, so, that would be the case if it wasn't for the fact that these two are creators that have put a piece of media out into uh, the public space that at that point should be expecting some form of a retort from the uh, from the community. You can't release a film uh, into theaters and then expect nobody to publish anything negative about it. Right. Um, say, look at uh, Uva Ball. If Uva Ball had threatened to sue some, I don't know, what's a lar- sue Rotten Tomatoes or something like that for continuously publishing negative reviews of his movies, he would have been laughed out of court immediately. No right. one would have he's taken already that He's already laughed at. Let's, let's be fair here. <laughs> yeah. So this is practically the same situation, just that Uwe Ball isn't quite as, as worldwide known as these two shysters are. Actually, I think Uwe Ball is... More wo- worldwide known than Romine and D- Digital Homicide. 
that's 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 what I meant. Oh, okay. Okay, I th- you I said that's it the other way. Saying. No, I Did think I? you said that. Yeah, you said that he's not as world. Oh no, I yeah. I meant that he's I meant he's more, much more. Yeah. Than them. Yes, um, he is much more. Like he's released what Blood Rain, um, a Far Cry movie, like the, uh, the House of the Dead or something like that. Like just a oh, yeah. lot of it, shitty, shitty movies. Yeah, it's it, it, that's beside. I'm not gonna get myself caught up on that, but. Um, yeah. You know, it, it's it, it, that's the main thing is that they have released things for public consumption and therefore aren't really protected under that sort of thing. Whenever it comes to their their products, he's not making personal attacks on these people. He's saying that the things that they make are shit and because they are. They are. <laughs> and even if they weren't, you can't really do much about that. Like. That's the purpose of a review site. If you're going to say that that somebody can't continuously publish negative things about your work, then you're just outright saying that, that freedom of press doesn't exist or shouldn't exist. And while these two people might actually think that freedom of press shouldn't exist, considering the uh, copyright claims that they made on, uh, I think it was, was it Jim Sterling and wasn't it also a few others? Or was it just um, Jim Sterling? I think that the only person involved in the case is Jim Sterling. No, no, I mean previously, because they, uh, for Slaughtering Grounds, which was where they, they got their their renown for being shitty game makers, um, I thought that, or was that, or am I thinking of uh, a different one? No, I was pretty sure it was Slaughtering yeah, Grounds. Yeah, yeah, Slaughtering Grounds is the one that's mentioned in the article. Yeah, um, they they filed a, a bogus copyright claim on Jim Sterling's video uh, last year sometime, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, whenever he initially again, reviewed it. Again, that's mentioned in the article. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, I thought it was somebody else, too, but I think I'm Probably. thinking of... Uh, I think I'm thinking of Total Biscuit's video on uh, the Gary's incident. Um, oh, yeah, that, which, I remember. Which is another... I remember watching that video interesting moment in that but um what i what i will say that is a great thing about this happening though is that once they get destroyed in court and hopefully will actually get countersued and be forced (laughs) to pay for all of the legal fees that uh jim sterling himself along with probably uh, does he still work with the escapist i don't think so i'm pretty sure is he is he single out now yeah, he split from them, and he's just on YouTube now. I think. Okay. Um, well, I'm, I'm. I know that he was part of the uh, group that they wanted to work with. Uh, whenever it came to helping with legal problems with co- uh, with copyright and whatnot, so probably with the help of Google's own legal team, uh, he will destroy them and hopefully set a precedent for uh, anybody else that's looking to pull this kind of shit. So yeah, that makes uh, sense. I hope that that turns out to be the case and something good actually comes about from all this. Hopefully it does set a precedent because it just doesn't make sense, at least to me. Why would you sue somebody just for reviewing a game? Like, I can understand if Jim Sterling was making fun of, like, early release games on this. Like, I'm sure he does make fun of early access games. 
but with an early access game, you can say, hey, it's not finished. Uh, so we're, we're still working on it. There's still a lot of bugs we have to iron out. So uh, if you could not review this yet, like just give us time to actually get it made. But yeah. but these are games that they have actually released and they they think are good for public consumption and they're not. No. Well, that's that's <laughs> our two cents. Uh, now now let's move on and talk about cross-platform play. Yeah, that's uh that's booming right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So right now, so Rocket League is going to be released on both, or it's released on Xbox One and the Windows PC and PlayStation. But the Xbox One and PC versions will talk to each other. And you can actually play games with people from Xbox One and on the PC. Yep. So that's neat. I've always liked that. Uh, And I've always thought, man, that would be really cool if they had games that were on all three platforms. And there's been very few games that have been able to do it. Uh, The two that I can think of are Final Fantasy uh, 11 and Final Fantasy 14. And with both of those games, you go onto the server and, you know, people from the Xbox and the PlayStation 2 and the PC could all play with each other. Same thing with uh, Final Fantasy 14, the Xbox One, PlayStation 4, and PC. All of the... Oh, and the PS3. All those different consoles can all talk to each other and play on the same server. So... Why don't why are other games doing this? Uh, can can either of you answer that question? Connor probably can. He's a developer. Yeah, I have a answer prepared. Uh, if someone else wants to go first, that's fine too. No, um, yeah, otherwise I can go. Go, go ahead, right, so do it. Just go ahead, do it. <clears throat> the 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 biggest difficulty that you have with that sort of situation is that you're working on different platforms. Um, so typically, the way that it works anymore. And I, I, I want to segue this in real quick. There was recently something released by the Blizzard team stating that uh, the Diablo servers used to just be peer-to-peer. Oh. And back then, it didn't really matter, as they reveal in their article saying they didn't really... You know, they knew there'd be some hacking, but not too much. And they just got blown out of the water with what actually, uh, the reality of the situation was. Yeah, tons of hacking. Reason, yeah, for that reason, we look towards uh, client-server applications and pretty much anything. It's just... Without when it's peer to peer, security is kind of up in the air. Client server, you at least know that your ass is protected. Right. And the difficulty when you're working with different, you know, systems when you have a distributed system network where your client isn't necessarily going to be the same archetype or architecture as your server, where you're kind of just throwing stuff in the air and hoping that whatever you throw at it, it'll be ready to handle. And for the most part, it isn't too super hard to have error handling for that kind of task. But it takes up a huge chunk of time to get it working properly. Right. So, I mean, luckily, we're not really working off of loose infrastructures anymore. A lot of our games have, you know, you know like x86 systems behind them now. So oh, yeah. having these be able to communicate with themselves, like, and not risking everything blowing up, it's becoming a, a plausible reality. So I'm, I'm glad that they're finally starting it. We've had this technology for a little bit, and I'm, I'm sure the reason we didn't is for cl- uh, console exclusivity. Your friend has a PlayStation and your friend has an Xbox. You might buy both, you know, or whatever right. the situation. Is. And that's just not feasible anymore. You know, no. we we have technology to make that not a problem. Let us have fun with friends. 
Right. So Microsoft has said that there's multiple stories on the same thing that I'm going to be posting. So Microsoft has said, hey, we're open to, you know, work with Sony, basically. It says uh, Microsoft has been pushing for some time for cross-platform play between its own line of consoles and the PC. Uh, but the new development is something else entirely. Microsoft says that it is up to game developers to oh, support the feature. It sure is what it says. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he cut out. It, it, oh, it seems kind of like... Out? Yeah. Yeah, a little oh. bit. <laughs> I, anyway. I, I kind of thought you were just done at first. Yeah. Nope, nope. Uh, Microsoft says oh, that it is up... Yeah, you're still cutting out. Oh, no. Hello? Okay, now, now I think you're all right. Oh, okay. Maybe not. Maybe not. Nope. Oh, goodness gracious. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Welcome to Quality Podcast. Oh, no. Uh, it says it's working. Right. Are weird. you okay now? You I seem don't know. better. Am I? Yeah. Am I okay? I think you're okay. Okay. I think, you, I think you're okay. <laughs> so it says it's up to game developers to support this feature. Uh, That's what the Microsoft feature of, uh, of of other console and PC uh, network, yeah, cross platform. Yeah, yeah. Cross, cross yeah so they're play. they're gonna have a uh, archetype that you could like inherit from that would probably be able to pick up all this. And if you want to incorporate that into your system, you go right ahead. It is on you, not us. Right. Well, you know what? Um, a lot of developers ain't gonna want to do that. Right. And well, shame on them, but still. So this actually ties back to something that Microsoft did uh, s- talked about. A long while ago, um, well, not that long ago. I think it was last year, maybe the year before. Because um, when it, with the uh, with the Xbox One's release, uh, they were you know touting the whole we, you can harness the power of the cloud, and obviously referring to Microsoft's uh, Azure platform that they've been pushing really fucking hard. Uh, especially at their yearly build conferences the last couple of years. Yeah. Um, and they, they mentioned last year or the year before, I can't remember for sure, but um, that that's not just limited to Xbox One. Uh, notably, I think it was uh, Titanfall. Titanfall on PC um, still utilized uh, the uh, Microsoft Azure platform for all of its online play and, and matchmaking and whatnot. Um, and they, they said that, yeah, if somebody wants to use this on on a, a Sony console or even on Nintendo, like all they have to do is just talk to us. So yeah, actually, this... uh, one of the reasons that I've been digging so deep into the net, uh, .NET framework so much, you know, C sharp is because like links in Azure, I don't know. Uh, I mean, they're super handy programming without them. Now it seems like, why the hell would you do that? Yeah, I'm no, glad okay. there's like four users who will know specifically what I'm talking about <laughs> as a developer. It's a fantastic technology that, I totally understand why Microsoft raises it so much. Yeah. Other yeah. than, you know, making their money back in research. Right. <laughs> so, so moving on, though, Sony has responded. And they said, can, can you guys hear me? Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, it says, speaking to go- GameSpot, Sony has noted that PlayStation has been supporting cross-platform play between, between PC and several software titles, uh, starting with Final Fantasy XI on the PlayStation 2 way back in 2002. 
We would be happy to have the conversation with any publishers or developers who are interested in cross-platform play. <laughs> However, they also seem hesitant. So they said, yeah, you know, we'd be interested in talking to them about it. But they also said, because the PC is an open platform, it's much more straightforward. Connecting two different closed networks, it's much more complicated. So we would have to work with developers and publishers to understand what they are trying to accomplish. We also have to look at the technical aspect. And the technical aspect, it could be the easiest to get them working, but the policy privacies and business issues are the issue are, are the big issue. So basically they're looking at like the legal side of it. Like say something happens, say some servers crash or you know, gamers lose stuff online or something, who takes the blame? Right. And uh, I, uh, the, the client. It, it's not even a uh that is totally the responsibility of the server. When I said client, I lied. I meant server. Okay. Whoever hosts the server. Yeah, it's. I mean, it, it just comes down to whoever's hosting it, which I don't even think. I don't even think Sony uh, hosts anything like that. I'm pretty sure that the money that you spend on PlayStation Plus, the amount that goes into their online services, basically just keeps their uh, their social uh, platform up and running. Um, it's. I'm pretty sure it's up to uh, the individual developers to find their own hosting solution for that sort of thing. Usually, so yeah, because I know, I know Halo for a long time used peer-to-peer. Um, yeah, uh, Call of Duty uses peer-to-peer. Yeah. Um, and honestly, uh, going back to what I said earlier, like... Um, if they're going to do, de- if somebody's going to develop with cross-platform play in mind, then they might as well just use the Azure platform that already links up with Windows 10 and Xbox One really easily, and just work with Sony on on tying that into uh, whatever they need to to make it work on PS4, which I imagine ain't shit since it's you know just part of the fucking software. Right. Um, I, I I think all of this really comes down to a matter of uh, Sony and Sony in particular probably uh, hasn't really wanted to have to admit working together with Microsoft on anything, uh, particularly in their in their gaming uh, environment, because right. that's kind of been where they've been warring for years. A while. <laughs> yeah, the past sixteen years or so. Well, twenty yeah. years. The, the past Final Fantasy disc drive. Yeah. <laughs> So you mean PlayStation disc drive? We know what it was for. It was for Final or, or Super Super, Ni- Super Nintendo D- DD. Yeah, that's what. It no, was. no, that Wait, was, they, they that didn't was have it for the Super Nintendo. No, it was N sixty four DD. Was it the N sixty four DD? I'm sorry. Yeah. No. Yeah. Okay. So, so here's a little history, and uh, we'll talk about this. Actually, the reason PlayStation came about, and I'm sure you guys already know this. Um, oh yeah, because, the the Super Famicom. Yeah, the Super Famicom. And they were working on a disk drive solution with Sony at the time, and then they broke that off, and Nintendo broke that off with Sony. So Sony went and developed the PlayStation. That's what yeah. I was referring to. Are you looking this up? No, I'm telling Connor to stop using a battery powered headset. Yeah, that's because his, his headset died. Oh, okay, good. So, 
what what are your thoughts on cross-platform play? Do you like the idea? Because I love it. I I don't it, I don't know why anyone would be against this for any reason other than the technical hiccups that are going to happen uh, in in the first few months that something like this comes about with like let's say Destiny Two utilizes this. Yeah. Um, like the servers are going to fuck up. Uh, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Because, uh, I mean, they already screw up on one platform. So, but uh, a lot of a lot of games that use this always any kind of online, always online DRM or or have huge online communities, they have their own hosted solution anyway. That right. They probably they probably host uh, PlayStation and Xbox One uh, server instances on the same hardware as it is. All they have to do is just go, in, instead of having to sort people by by platform choice, just go, it's a free-for-all. And it, it probably yeah. wouldn't even be a big deal. I think the only real limitation on this whole thing was was more than likely just licensing uh, issues and agreements between you know, the platform owners, Microsoft and Sony, who arbitrarily said, no, they can't play with Microsoft players. Or no, you can't play with Sony players. So I think this is great. Um, I think it'll uh, it'll also help alleviate the problem that people have, where it's like I want to buy I want to buy this platform, but all my friends are on the other platform. Right. Uh, kind or, of. Or 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 games like The Division, where you know I have a friend who got it, but he got it for the Xbox. And yeah. if I want to if I want to play with him, I would have to get it for the Xbox. And the right. PC. Right. So and it just doesn't make charted. sense. Right. That, like, with Final Fantasy uh, 14, let's say I want to uh, go back uh, to Final Fantasy 14 and have dings for some reason. Say I want to go back to... I'm doing it. Please stop. It just stop. It's just done. stop whatever you're doing. I don't... <laughs> when I stood up, I grabbed my phone and forgot it was unmuted. Bad. Bad, Connor. Anyway... So, uh, what was I saying? So, if I want to go back to Final Fantasy XIV, I don't have to worry about, uh, you know, logging in and playing it on the PlayStation or the Xbox One or the PC. Because if I play it on any of those things, none of my friends are going to be there because none of them play it. But if I had friends that played it, I could find them all at the same place because they all connect to the same server and they all are in the same world. Right. And, and this would also be good in like MMOs because there are a lot of free to play uh, MMOs that are coming to consoles. Um, Neverwinter. And, uh, yeah, Neverwinter. Um, there's Smite uh, is a MOBA, but Smite's going to Xbox One. Yeah, there's a um, oh, it's it's an anime uh, MMO that's uh, that's on Xbox One. That it's also on PC. Uh, Warframe. Um, I have three different Warframe accounts. I have one on each of my consoles, and I have one on PC. And it's inconvenient and stupid. Um, it's honestly kind of pathetic that I can play a mobile game that ties to my Facebook account, and I can carry my progress over between uh, an iPhone and an Android device with no problems, but yet these... and $500 consoles can't do that because of arbitrary restrictions that Sony and Microsoft have placed on their content creators. 
Right. And I, w- I would honestly like to play, um, like fighting it. Cause I, I actually like the, well, obviously I like the wrestling games, but yeah, I think you've said that once or twice. Yeah. But <laughs> I also like the, the UFC games. I think those are pretty fun and street fighter Tekken, stuff like that. That would mm-hmm. be nice because I have, I have friends. My friend Ricky is going to buy, uh, a PlayStation four. And I'm presuming he's going to buy Street Fighter for it. So when he gets those, you know, I would like to be able to play with him, but I can't play with him because I have an Xbox One. So it would be very interesting to be able to say, hey, you know, this is all based off this architecture. And even make it an option in when you're selecting matchmaking, say, I want to connect to only Xbox One players. That way, that way... That way, if you prefer to play with Xbox One players, I, why, I, I don't know, but you could say, hey, I think I have a better connection with other Xbox One players, so I'll play with them. Whatever. And, and this is going to yeah. be fantastic for co-op games. Think like, oh, yeah. uh, I don't know, like GTA or something like that, or the Diablo games, if you had every console open to you as an option. Um, actually, this, this makes me think of... Uh, Unreal Tournament 3 on the PlayStation 3. Um, that actually had cross-platform play between uh, console and PC. And um, you can imagine that with it being a first-person shooter, in particular an Unreal Tournament game, uh, you don't want to play with PC players if you're playing with a controller. Yeah, fast-paced so, no. shooting on a PC, it's like proven better. Yeah. Right. Um of course, the, the, only... the cool thing was to get around that they had mouse and keyboard support on the on right. the PS3 version. But yeah, you'd be able. You, you, I could see being able to exclude PC players for for some reason in in uh, in like shooters or, or other particular games where a mouse would be at an advantage. If God forbid they released another RTS for a console, you know, you you would be fucked. <laughs> going Shadow up against run. A PC play. Um. Shadowrun. Stop referencing that. You know I like Shadowrun. Well, yes, but Shadowrun was a game that was cross-platform between the Xbox 360 and the the PC, and it was terrible. Yeah, I was about to say, didn't it suck ass? Oh, yeah, it sucked so terrible. It was terrible for multiple reasons, one of which was what I was talking about, where, you know, PC players just handed the fucking uh, console players' cocks to them because it was ridiculous. Well, also, it was a bad game, and it it, it bore no it bore no resemblance resemblance to Shadowrun. No, I know it broke my heart. Yeah. Anyway, let's move on. Yeah. Uh, so Sony VR's been announced for four hundred dollars, which and, I think is a fine and, bargain. Uh, yeah, it's a bargain. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and ever since then. Apparently, you know, people have been just talking about it over and over again. They're going to actually make up. They're actually going to be making a profit on this hardware. So usually, when game when systems are released, like the uh, uh, like the PlayStation Four or, or Xbox One, they actually lose money typically. So they yeah, the the PS Three wasn't profitable until like how many years after it was released. Yeah, it wasn't probably yeah, three a while. or four years. Yeah. Um, same thing with the Xbox 360. The Wii actually made money because it was two GameCubes duct taped together. Right. But 
so they're actually going to be selling this for a profit, which is good. And ever since then, ever since they announced that there's going to be the PlayStation 4, you know, VR thing, and it does require a camera, so it's going to be $400, plus you have to play pay $60 for the camera. Demand for the PS4 cameras has jumped o- up over 1,000%. Perfect. That means that 200 cameras have been sold. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, so yay for that, I guess. Uh, are, are either of you going to be getting the PlayStation VR? Nope. What, what am uh, I going to do? Use it for my Vita? Yes. Uh, that's, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm interested to see where it goes because it kind of seems like a, kind of seems like an interesting in-between, uh, from the, the Oculus and the Vive where you still have the two, you, you have the two controllers still that are, while they aren't. They they don't come with it necessarily. You can get them with it. You know, it has everything you need, and that's my big complaint with the Oculus Rift is that it just comes with an Xbox One controller. It's fucking stupid. Right. But um, I, I like the Xbox I'm, One controller. It's I'm not using one right now. It's not for VR, man. But no, it's not. <laughs> I am. Uh, I'm going to wait and see what they actually do with it. Right. If there's any support from other developers for it. And Sony's been doing a fantastic job getting developer support on their console so far. So I'm confident that they'll have something. And they were, and this this made me so happy, they were, they were upfront about the fact that they are more than likely just not going to let anybody publish anything for PlayStation VR that doesn't run at 60 FPS. Well, that's, uh, yeah, that's another thing that was, that's another thing. Um, but also, just so you know, the Move controllers have seen an increase of sales with over 300% and, uh, I, increase there. I'm surprised that it, uh, it wasn't more than that, considering that, I mean, the Move controller, have, have they been used in anything on the PS4? Because uh, I can't. Source, no. No, I remember the PlayStation 3 had stuff, but not the PlayStation 4. Yeah, that's... I think there might have been, like, one or two indie games that utilized it, and that was about it. Uh, Maybe so, they'll make JS Joust HD Edition or something. The, the, the joke being JS Joust is a uh, a game using the, the, the Wii Move controllers that does not require a console. Oh, okay. Oh... I was kind of hoping somebody heard of that before. Nope. 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 <laughs> it flew right <laughs> over our heads. So lastly, yeah. let's talk about the Oculus Rift. If we and must. that's that's Speaking our last thing. Speaking of over thing. our well, heads. Yeah. <laughs> so we're going to talk about the games that are being launched with the Oculus Rift. And there's honestly not that many in my opinion. So we've got Adrift, Adventure Time, Magic Man's Head Games... Uh, Air Mech Command, yeah, Adventure Time, for some reason. Uh, <laughs> what do you mean, for some reason? For, for fucking VR? That makes no sense no? to me. That makes no it's sense. Adventure Time. It makes no sense. Adventure Time is awesome. I've never Actually, seen an I'm episode. Actually, watching, I'm watching the trailer for this, and this, 
This this looks like um, it's that fucking like like that platformer game that's coming with it. Like, oh. why is this a VR game? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Air Mech Command Albino Lullaby, which I have no idea. Audio Arena Blaze Rush, Chronos Darknet, Dead Secret, Defense Grid Two, Dread Halls, Elite Dangerous Deluxe Edition. That makes sense. Uh, yeah. Esper Two, Eve Valkyrie Founders Pack. Eve Gunjack, uh, Fly to Kuma, Hero Bound SC, Keep Talking and Nobody Explodes. I actually really want that game. That is a good game for VR. Yeah. Uh, so I think, Oro, you have that game, don't you? I don't. I do. Well, I mean, I possess a copy of it. I really want to play that game because it looks fun. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Lucky's Tale included... Oh, that's that's, that's, the, uh, that's a game yeah. that's included. I was like, included? That's a weird yeah. name. <laughs> Omega Agent Project Cars, which is supposed to be a very pretty racing game. Radial G Rooms Shuffle Garbage. Puck. Uh, is it? Yeah. Is is Rooms Shuffle Puck Cantina Deluxe Smashing the Battle? The Vanishing of Ethan Carter, which looks like garbage. Vectron yeah. Revenge, VR Tennis Online, perfect. Uh, pinball, <laughs> F- pinball FX2 VR, which is just a pinball game in VR. It's a fucking I'm, pinball table. I'm returning to Microsoft sure Pinball for for fifteen dollars too. <laughs> and Windlands. All right. None so of these games the- sound fun. The, uh, I mean, a, a few of them do. Uh, I'll, like, Elite Dangerous makes sense. Eve Valkyrie makes sense. Keep Talking and Nobody Explodes. But all the other games are kind of like, eh. Dread Halls is um, a really shitty horror game um, that is essentially, like, along the lines of Slender. Um, I don't know why you guys don't like Vanishing of Ethan Carter. I mean... It's not it's not an exciting game by any means, but I think it's neat. Um, Albino Lullaby is, is looking, from what I've seen of it, is really good. Um, Audio Arena, that was a mobile game jam game, and it looks it, it, it looks neat, but ten fucking dollars for that shit, fuck you. Um, Defense Grid Two, I think I got that for like five dollars in a in a humble bundle. Uh, the and game now it's twenty nine ninety nine. Yeah, the game is two years old. It's fifteen on Steam. I should not have to pay an extra fifteen dollars just because it, it's fucking VR enhanced now. What you fucking you got a, a Unity plug in and dropped it in there and then made sure that the camera angles didn't look like ass and that was it. Like throwing some shade over there. Uh, yeah. I have a tennis game, Virtual Tennis VR. That sounds awesome, right, guys? Mm, totally. Uh, Probably no. not, because it's going to be on the fucking Rift. Like that's the <laughs> I, I like I, I went from being super excited about the Rift to being honestly kind of pissed off about its existence because just because they dumped those fucking controllers. Like they were just like, yeah, they'll come out later. Like that. That is what fucked the PlayStation Move. It's what 
fucked the Kinect uh, more so than you know just the fact that it doesn't work very well for games in the first place. But the the Kinect on Xbox One that that got fucked because they didn't include it. And if you don't include those fucking controllers with the Oculus, then they're not going to be used anywhere near as much as they need to be. And it's also right. just doing a huge disservice to the VR platform in general. And the now now you you're getting games like fucking Defense Grid 2, which I just watched the VR trailer for. It's the same fucking game but you can move the camera around with your head. Oh great. <laughs> Pretty innovative stuff, right? And and this fucking like uh, uh fucking Lucky's Tale and fucking the Adventure Time game, which the Adventure Time game doesn't look like it would be that bad, except it's a 3D platformer. Why is it in a fucking VR? Why is it a VR game? I think why? a drift. I think a drift looks okay. I I don't know what a lot of the other ones are. Yeah, I um, think a drift looks all right. The racing oh. one, honestly. I'd try it. Adrift is, uh... Wait a minute. Is it that one? Yeah. That was the space one, wasn't it? I think this is the the one that isn't a fucking game. Oh, okay. Hold on, I, I gotta... Here it is. From 505 Games. Adrift... Shit, fucking. And then there's pinball. Yeah, it's, it's and... just an exploration game. Yeah. And and then there's pinball. Like, for fifteen dollars, <laughs> you get to pay play pinball. Oh, pinball! Woo! Pinball FX has been a franchise since the Xbox Live Arcade like oh, became I know. a thing. So I mean, like, I'm not gonna complain about that too much, just because people people will fucking pay. People will put down way more money than that on Candy Crush. So That's true. At least Pinball is a genuinely engaging game, and it makes some semblance of sense for VR. I don't know. I guess. Going to, yeah, I mean, like, it makes sense. You, you play Pinball in the first-person view. <laughs> like, I don't know. But, and Albino Lullaby, it's a, uh, it's a stealth game um oh. and it's it's all in first person so i mean that'll be cool uh um, I don't know. well what project cars make sense because i mean you drive, drive a car, car right? first person yeah, yeah as long as you're driving as long as you drive in first person that seems pretty cool yeah you got this awesome vr game where you drive a car in third person it's gonna be really <laughs> innovative yeah called uh, drone drivers darknet is some kind of Hacking game. Okay. Uh, Eve Gunjack and Valkyrie. It's like a puzzle game. Honestly, this doesn't look very good. Uh, what? E the Eve games. I mean, those make sense. They were designed for VR. Yeah, I don't know what Eve Gunjack is. It's an arcade. I, yeah. Uh, Elite Ar Dangerous is is a good game, and I can see it be on <sighs> VR. Uh, Elite Dangerous was designed with the Rift in mind. It, it was uh, yeah. whenever it came out, it was compatible with Developer Kit too. Right. So, like that makes sense. But I'm still gonna wait on this because the the Rift is 600 bucks. That's a lot of money. Exactly, and 
you can't you can't get the controllers. You can't get them. It's, yeah, it's still a little bit of a problem. Yeah, that's a bit of an issue. Uh, we're basically done here. Uh, the are. whole rest, the whole rest of the podcast would be us just complaining about the Oculus Rift. Yeah, it would. It would be me yelling a lot. Yeah. So happy birthday, Connor. Thank you. Thank you very much. Good, good uh, job. Th- thank I, you guys uh, for being here. Let's let's do a little bit of horror tree real quick. You can follow Connor at Nemesis zero three two zero on Twitter. You can follow Aroa at Aroa. You can, uh, on Twitter on YouTube it's Aroa one three three seven and on Twitch it's Aroa one three three seven. Yeah, boy. And for me, you can follow me at Reeton on Twitter. Uh, you can follow my YouTube. It's Reeton. Uh, so search for that, or you can go to youtube.com forward slash Reeton. And you can follow me on Twitch at twitch.tv forward slash Reeton. Uh, I thank you guys for listening, and make sure to come back next week when we're going to be talking about other shit that happened in the world of gaming. Goodbye.